Before we get started with today's podcast, we'd like to ask returning listeners to leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, share a link to this podcast with friends or family who would enjoy hearing our weekly discussions about basketball and basketball culture. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the 19.9 Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking all things NBA as it seems to be the first and maybe only professional sport outside of golf that's going to come back soon. With me today is Joe from the NBA. What's going on, Joe? Hey, what's up? How are you? We're going to go through 10 questions just about the uh, upcoming NBA bubble situation, and then talk a little bit of draft. I did a mock draft using a, one of the online randomizers, just kind of go through our thoughts. It's always fun. I, I think I could go through it a thousand times. And then eventually we're going to do some redrafts. We got, we got to come up with a name uh, to do these. Uh, what did you say, 90 through 95? Yeah, so Bill Simmons did, I think, 96 through Oh seven, I think already is done. So yeah, I think we should do the earlier ones probably. And that'll go perfect. We're gonna because we've got the class, we've got the class of nineteen ninety coming up with the the Chucker. Just kind of looking at those those guys. So it'll be actually before they would have been able to get drafted. But we'll get some of those guys towards the end, obviously towards nineteen ninety five. So it'll be kind of fun to see like who was the best high school players in ninety coming into college and then follow up in the draft to see how many of them actually make it uh, down the line to the NBA. Yep. I'm always in for draft stuff. That's my favorite thing. So <laughs> how much, well, let's start with the, uh, with uh, Disney and the Mickey quarantine. What, what's a, uh, just general thoughts. I'm kind of curious. How, how much are you interested in this? What, what are you, what are you hearing about it? And what's going to be like your role going, going forward? If you know yet, I mean, my role is the same. I'm going to be at the office. I'm not going, so it's okay. not going to be anything different for me. Um, I read the six phase plan they put out the other day. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a large undertaking to say the least. Uh, look, I, I want it to go off and I want it to work because someone has to be the first major sport to do it. Right. Like hockey's talking about doing Canada now and okay, fine, but they haven't really figured out any logistics of it yet. They just know that Canada said you can come do it here. Great. Right. Uh, I know yeah. M- MLS has talked about coming back now, but they haven't really said what they're doing either. So well, someone's going to have to be the guinea pig on this. And if it's the NBA, great. I just I think there's a lot of things that have to be figured out, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can pull this off or not. What's your level of interest in just the, the setup in general? Because I, like, I am – I think because nothing else is going on, like I've done some deep dives on uh, YouTube. I've taken a few YouTube 4K tours of the uh, hotels that they're staying in. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the place they're playing at the was the Wild World of Sports Complex. Yeah, where yeah, they have the Junior NBA every year. Yeah, um, so it's a it's a cool yeah. place, and they have a lot of courts. And it's huge, right? This is we aren't talking like they're going to be 
you know, hanging out in a high school. Like I saw what I see the the WNBA is going to be at like Mont, Mont Verde Academy or something like that. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's like, because they have dorms there because that's like a school kids actually go to like they right. stay there. So they're going to do it there, which I mean, they only have 12 teams, so it's a little easier. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as I was reading that, that six phase plan, it was looked like they're going to keep the teams grouped together in hotels based off how long they think they're going to be there. So like the worst teams are going to be in one hotel together. The best teams will be in another hotel together. The middle teams will be in a hotel together, which I think is smart to keep them all kind of grouped like that. Cause this way they figure, all right, the, the Blazers, Pelicans, Wizards, whoever are probably all going to be out first realistically. So let's keep them all in one hotel this way. When they're all out, we can clean up that hotel and use it for something else if we need to. Um, but yeah, the, the place that they actually have the the games that are going to happen, the, the the complex is pretty cool, and it's got room for you could probably do four courts there, from what I know. So um, it'll be interesting. I think it's a cool concept. Actually, it'll be a little different. Obviously, it's going to take some getting used to. But I think after like the first game or two, everyone will be like, "All right, this is just the way it is now." You know, like no one's going to really think anything after that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think everyone adjusts pretty quickly to uh, whatever whatever's going on, and you're just so hungry for to to watch any kind of any kind of sports. Like I've been talking about it. Like I said, if I'm willing to watch a, a video tour of the hotel that they're going to stay in, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that an actual game, no matter what it is, I, I'm in. Yeah, know? yeah. I think it's going to get that point. I mean, it's getting that point me already. I'm so exhausted from like the news and everything that goes on I in the world that like. Please give me some kind of distraction at this point that I can just for even for a couple hours just distract myself. Um, so I'm I'm hoping this goes off without a hitch, but I, you never know, right? Like all these different factors playing, who knows? Yeah, and I know you can't. I don't know how much you can say about the the league and the social issues, but I, I'm you know I'm hopeful that uh, from just a personal standpoint that they are able to come together and use it as a, a platform for to make some positive change. Cause to I, me, it, it makes more sense to play and use that platform because let's be honest, like I said, I think I said this last time, the ratings are going to be through the roof. Yeah. But there's going to be more people watching the NBA probably than ever before when this goes off, because what else is there to watch? Yep. You know? So like, to me, it makes the most sense. I understand some grievances some players have about it, but sure. at, the, at the end of the day, like it is your job. They're asking you to come play, and it's a chance for some of these guys to win a title. Like Dwight Howard, I understand your issues, but if you want to win a title, this might be your last shot, man. Like no, I, don't, almost, I don't know, almost certainly, right? I don't know if he gets another shot after this, you know, because who knows if he, if he comes back next year to the Lakers, whatever it may be. So it's like if you want to win a title, man, this might be your only opportunity. But again, like you said, this platform's so big, and there's going to be yeah. so many eyes on it. Use that in a positive way, then, and I think that's the way to go. Because look, you're not going to solve all the world's issues in the next two months if you don't play basketball. It's just the way it is. We never solve the world's issues. They take a long time usually. So to me, it's like use this platform. This is the best way to get your message out. I think. And the NBA yeah. is going to let them do that. The NBA is not going to try to stifle that, I don't think. So to me, it makes the most sense to try to try to use it as best you can. My, my hope is that the NBA and the NBA Players Association seem sort of like the idealized version of, a, you know, a, par- a partnership. I know that the, the players represent, you know, the product and the, what the money's made off of. And I can understand some of what they're saying, but I also feel like right now the way things are set up, it's something that the players have agreed to. And you, like you said, it is, it is a job. And I think that the way that you can affect change within that job, at least is to, you know, ask the in- employer, the NBA in this case to speak out for the causes that, that you care about. And if, and if the players can get together, 
together and stay unified, I think that they could you know, ask for a lot and, and deserve, deserve a lot. And, and I think that that, I hope that they keep working together as they have. It really seems like unlike baseball where it just, I don't know what's going on. Baseball is a complete mess right now. Oh my gosh. Like, I, don't even, I don't even know if there's going to be a season this year at this uh, point. Yeah. I, and the, the worst part for me as a baseball fan is I don't, I, I don't hear a lot of people like, I don't hear the outcry, you know, I don't hear, I don't hear people like writhing and like, Oh my gosh, there's not going to, people just seem distant. They're well, only think, focused on other things. I think the other thing too, for baseball now is that they're, we're talking, it's like getting towards the end of June. We're getting towards where the all-star break would have been already. Right. So it's like, if you haven't come with a resolution by now, I don't know, even if you play, like I would have rather seen baseball, if they had gotten to a point where it was like, Oh, we'll do, you know, half a season, we'll do 81 games or whatever. Okay, fine, whatever. But like, we're getting to the point now where they're going to, they, if they play, they're going to play like a 50 game season, which to me is like, that's hard to really, as far as baseball goes, 50 game season does not really work. And then they're going to be like a 16 team playoff. And, then you're talking about like, oh, the team that won the World Series, are they really World Series champs? Because everything was different this year. Like, I don't know. Baseball's in a weird spot, and I don't know if they're going to even happen this year. So if the NBA needs to really make sure they got everything together because I feel like they have a real opportunity here to seize the entire summer basically for themselves at this point. Yeah, baseball because baseball would be running into – now the NBA, the NCAA football, mm-hmm. NFL, maybe even in the NBA finals at some mm-hmm. point, like it would be. So yeah, they're gonna, they, yeah, they're going to have to run the gauntlet now, and it's just like they had they've had months where they could have come together and had, like you said, had the opposite, had the summer to themselves in in a in a real way, and uh, it's just a, it's disappointing. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I mean, I'm a big Yankee fan, but I'm ready to punt on baseball this year and just say, all right, if you guys can't get it together, then whatever, I'll wait till next year. But I mean, that's, that's a shame because baseball's had this problem before and, you know, the strike season in 94, and then they got everybody back to, to a degree with the, the home run chase in 98. And then now it's like, they're going to start driving fans away again. Like, I don't know what they're doing. They're a mess. Yeah. A mess. Well, I've got about 10 questions about the NBA. Let's, let's get, uh, Get back to the first kind of the big one. Will the NBA be able to keep the players safe and crown a champion? What do you think? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think the only thing, I mean, obviously, look, there's a lot of things that can go wrong as far as like someone getting sick. Um, It's only going to take one person to get sick to, to maybe potentially throw this whole thing off. But I also think they've already said, like, if we start this, we're not stopping. Like someone's going, someone's going to get like, I think that's a misnomer too. Like the, the part of going in there is assuming some risk. Like you're bringing people from all over the country to one location. They've been on their own. A lot of them have been doing positive things, but I think they're going to start doing testing next week. Right. Something like that. I was, again, that plan had all laid out. Like it was like, so so, some, some players are going to test positive. I know just with the college football guys coming back on campus, there've been clusters of them that have, I think one of the teams had like 23 guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Clemson. Yeah, so I, I I think that that's that's gonna happen that where some some players test positive. I mean, the real thing is it's it's a matter of like, all right, and this is the kind of thing I've said when I've watched the news recently, and they're talking about oh, coronavirus cases are spiking. It's like, yeah, well, they're testing more than they've ever tested before. We're yeah. doing tons of tests in every state now, so naturally cases are going to go up. The key for me is if hospitalizations go up. If hospitalizations right. go up, that's a whole different story. Then we got a problem. So I, I think, think if got if. Yeah, if guys test positive, but they don't have a lot of symptoms or they're like mildly sick, you quarantine them, whatever you got to do to get them healthy, and you repeatedly test them until you find out they're clear. As long as no one's getting like severe coronavirus and no one's getting hospitalized and no one's like, that's what you have to worry about. But I also think, too, we're dealing with guys who are like 
the most physical, the most impressive physical specimens on the planet. Basically, yeah. this thing has kind of looked like it's affected more people with pre uh, pre existing conditions or older people. So I feel like if these guys get it, I think they're going to be okay. If anyone gets it, because they're again they're in great shape for the most part. Like they, most of them don't have underlying health issues. Now I understand if you do and you're a little worried going there, that's a different story. Because um, obviously, I mean, if you have something that could make you more vulnerable or, or make it worse for you, you might be a little more hesitant. But um, I think, like I said, if one of these guys gets it, I don't think it'll be like a major case, but you just hope you can contain it though. That's the thing. Can you not let it spread? Yeah, I know. That's, that's the scary thing is that, that, you know, you're going out, these guys are going out to grocery stores already, just like we all are. And Mm -hmm. there is, there is potential risk out there. I think you lower it by living in a contained situation like they are and, and, and doing the testing. And if you find someone, you're isolating them i mean that's kind of an idealized version of what we're all having to deal with day to day Mm -hmm. Uh, i think the on the opposite end of that it does seem to really spread when people are in close contact so playing basketball not not exactly the most ideal situation to to put people into where you're going to be that close some of the other sports have an advantage in that way but i mean the thing is for me it's like what i don't understand is like all right if you're if you're you're testing people every day or every other day whatever they're going to do if you're testing, let's say you're gonna, you know, you're gonna test guys on game days, regardless, right? So if I test everybody on game day and they all come up negative, most likely, no one's gonna contract it by playing against each other. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because I mean, at that point, it's like if everyone, unless your tests are just not working or they're wrong or you know you're getting a false negative or a false, you know, whatever, like then that's a different story. But I feel like if you're testing consistently and you're coming up everybody negative, I, I don't think you have to worry as much. But like you said, I mean, you never know. There's a lot of factors that go into this. There's going to be hotel staff. There's going to be, you know, league personnel. There's going to be uh, people from ESPN, people from TNT. So like you said, you never know. It's just going to be, it's going to be, like, like I said, it's the guinea pig for, for professional sports right now. Yeah, someone's got to be the one to try it out and and see because otherwise there's no season next year either. Like if this doesn't work, then exactly. It's, so it's, it's over exactly. So we need to try, and I think we can't just like we've we've all halted our lives for the last couple of months, and we've seen what's happened because of that. And I think like it's going to be hard. Look, there's professional sports leagues. Obviously, they they want to make money. And it'd be one thing to tell them, all right, you lost this season, whatever, you you move on, no big deal. But if you tell them like, oh, well, you're going to lose next year too, then I think a lot of these these leagues are going to start pushing back a little bit and be like, we can't shut down for two years. It's just not feasible. You know what I mean? Like, we have a lot of people to pay. We have a lot of players to pay. Teams like we can't shut down again. So I think it's going to be tough if 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 this doesn't work. Let's say to be like, well, you know, now you can't play until we get this a vaccine or we get this figured out, then it's going to be, forget it, man. I think of the NFL, everyone's going to push back on it. It's just going to be hard to, to figure out going forward. I think it just, you know, there's a, like the fans in the stadiums. I think that's going to be the real thing next year to, I think, what, I think what it's, gonna, what are you going to do? Like if people want to come sign a waiver, I mean, well, that's the thing. I think, I think if you want to go, look, I'm more about like personal risk. Like if you want to go out, go out. I'm not going right. to stop you. Right. Like if I want to go out, I should be able to go out. That's why I've had like an issue with like lockdowns and everything like that. Cause it's just like, look, yeah. I understand we're not trying to, we don't want to kill people obviously, but like at the end of the day, certain things you have to be allowed to do still. And to me, it's mm-hmm. like, if someone's willing to go to a game, like would I go to a game right now? Probably not. Yeah. But if someone's like, I'll go and I'll sign a waiver and I can't sue anybody if I get it, you know? And also too, I think 
the capacity limits are a good thing too. And I think you're seeing that with just a lot of places now going, all right, 25%, 50%, whatever. Okay. If you can give me an arena that normally has 20,000, only has, you know, 5,000 and it's still better than nothing. Yeah. I wish they could, you know, I'm hoping the NBA too, being more progressive will be like, Hey, you got to wear, you know, you got to wear a mask. Let's yeah, do like something. Let's, get take the, let's take the steps that, that are going to, ma- that are going to matter. <laughs> spread, you know, spread, you can have fans if you spread them out and if they get temperature checked and if they wear a mask, like, all right, cool, fine. Like if that's what we got to do right now, that's what we got to do. But mm-hmm. it, I mean, I've seen things without, with, with no crowd and you need some kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. So that's what I worry about going forward is because when you watch things, but I also know like reading again, reading their, their plan, they put out, they're kind of talking about how they're, they're going to have people in the crowd per se, but it's going to be like league personnel, television network personnel, people who like maybe aren't working at the time, you know, who are there anyway. So there's going to be reaction. It's not going to just be sneakers squeaking on a court, basically. You know what I mean? I think that's so they're going to let, play. they're going to let players watch the game. So Which is cool. I, I, that's I love the coolest to thing. That. I'm I'm super excited to like watch LeBron and the audience yeah, let's for like watch the them react. Oh man, to like for like the Eastern Conference Finals or something yeah. like that. To have LeBron in the stands would be incredible. That that to me is that's the thing. Like again, as long as you have some reaction and some kind of crowd, whatever you want to call it, it's still gonna work. It's just I think people are thinking like. Oh, it's going to be like watching a high school game when there's nobody there and you just hear the sneakers squeaking and that's all you hear basically. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not going to be like that. Yeah. They they they've talked about piping in noise and stuff. They've talked about a lot of things, possibly playing music in the background. They've talked about they're going to have announcers still. They're just going to be doing it remotely probably. Yeah. Um so again, it's going to feel still I mean, I even when I was well, I don't like golf, but I watched a little bit of golf and like it's still look, it's still professional sports at the end of the day, right? So they'll make it work. Azip Pizza is a build-your-own pizza place in Indiana and Kentucky. They have unique pizzas each month, like Love It Elote, with street corn sauce, crispy chorizo, cilantro, and a lime wedge. They also have a ton of ingredients you can choose from to create something delicious on your own. Order online for curbside delivery at azippizza.com backslash order. All right, so who who wins? So then we're we're going. We're gonna keep everybody safe to the end. Who's gonna win the title and who wins finals MVP? I'm going with Bucks Clippers finals, and I'm going with Kawhi winning oh, MVP. Wow, man, that would be so huge. I want it. I want it bad. That would be incredible. That that puts Kawhi. I mean, he jumps a bunch of spots in. Oh, he starts really bumping. He starts yeah, bumping up the list. Yeah, three different teams, and especially just as like a ringer for two years in a row, that'd be unbelievable. I uh, I think. I mean, I think the Bucks uh, getting out of the East is not going to be that hard for them. I I don't I don't discount the Raptors because they've been surprising and they're like a really good team, but they don't have like even as good as Siakam is. I don't think he's on that level of like a super superstar. Um, Who's the Bucks' biggest rival then? I think the Celtics could be a problem because the Celtics, when they're healthy, that four especially those one through four on that team is is really good. Um, yeah. But they don't have underrated any. defensively too. I feel like um, they've got some guys to throw at Giannis. Yep, underrated defensively. Jalen Brown could, could could guard him a little bit. Um, you know, you could even throw you know Hayward or Tatum on him if you have to. Um, but I think he's such a matchup nightmare though for everybody. Um, I think the Celtics, but they have no size and I know size doesn't matter as much, but like, it's going to come into play at some point. Um, you know, Daniel Tyson, Ennis Cantor, if that's your, that's your size, really, I don't, I don't know. That's maybe to me, that's the, the, 
the biggest threat. I mean, look, the Raptors or Celtics, they're probably going to end up playing each other, the two and the three seed. All right, pick your pick whoever you want, but I don't think either one of them is going to give the Bucks a huge challenge. I'd be shocked if the Bucks didn't make it to the finals this year. Yeah, I would too. Although I can't give up on Philly. I don't know why. Oh, I'm just, done with I, Philly. I, I keep, I keep <laughs> they're, they're like my ir- irrational, can't give up on them. I just feel like if Embiid could put it together, what if he comes back as skinny Embiid like skinny Jokic and is just incredible? Uh, he's just such a problem. Like no one else had, he's kind of like Giannis and that no one else has a guy like him and he could just run rough shot. For, I mean, for the, for the playoffs talent wise, you're a hundred percent, right? They have them. They have a ton of talent, but I just don't think the mix they have there works together. And I don't know why, but I think, I don't think the Ben Simmons and bead thing is going to be around much longer. I think they're going to end up having to choose one or the other at some point. I think that that team needs to be ran around one guy. I think Ben Simmons is the guy because when I watch him play without Embiid, he reminds me of like a Giannis or a LeBron, the way he plays then. And like, that's the way he needs to play. And I think that at the end of the day, they're going to, if they go out, let's say they go out in the first round this year, they go out in the second round, whatever. I think management's going to look at him like, this isn't working. We have to figure out how to make this work. And it's going to be got to pick one. And I think, I think Simmons is the one I would go with if I was picking. Mm, Yeah. I so I'm, I'm I'm picking uh, the the Lakers and the Bucks in the finals, and I'm saying the goat debate's over. But in that, Anthony Davis wins the finals MVP. Oh, so. interesting! <laughs> Someone is that on a zag and say that he wins the finals MVP. LeBron transition, you know, fully transitions to kind of this new, you know, final chapter of his career where he's the the second banana to, to <sighs> Anthony Davis. So I'm gonna go go with that. Okay, so I uh, I like Anthony Davis. I think he's super talented. I think he's as soft as the day is long, though, because <laughs> the guy is hurt every single year at some point. Um, and I, I don't like his mentality of like, you know, when um, I think in the offseason when they were talking about different players and acquiring different guys, he was complaining about possibly playing center all the time. Right. It's like, it's like dude, just you're, you're seven foot tall. You're long. Like, just. You're not gonna, it's not like you're banging down under the basket all the time. You step out and shoot threes half the time. So I don't know what he was complaining about. I just think he's – I think some of these players, man, their mentality is just a little soft. And, like, I think he's one of those guys that as good as he is, I don't know if he ever wins because I don't know mentally if he's – he's not a LeBron mentally even. He's not like a – He's not a Kawhi mentally to me. He's not that guy who like. Well, see, go. everybody, everybody, everybody isn't until they are right. If they if they knock out the Clippers, you know that he's gonna have to he's gonna have to show something. Or, you know, go if they go through that Western Conference gauntlet. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. But I just he's just one of those guys that gives me that vibe of like similar to Dwight Howard, like really talented, but he's just never gonna get over that hump unless he just decides like, you know, he has to man up and be like, I'm going to go take this. Cause I'm more talented than everybody. I mean, like Anthony Davis is, you would have said that about LeBron though, right? Till 2000 through, through 2011. Right? Here's, here's the difference with him though. I think he is on such a different level talent wise than everybody else that it was almost impossible for him to not get at least one. I feel like, but you don't feel like for the center position in this because he's going to play center in the playoffs at least. Yeah, in certain sets, good, yeah. At least a good amount. I mean, he's the most talented guy at, at, at that position in the league. I think. I mean, who else is there? I, I agree with you, but I'm talking about just like the general like like there are a few guys like LeBron talent level, right? Like that's like a different oh, yeah. level of talent, right? Yeah. Like, well, like I, agree. I just think that they, we've seen guys who are super talented who've never won a title. 
for whatever reason, right? Like guys who well, are position, like upper positionally strong. matters too. You know, I, I just think it matters who's guarding you and who you're going up against. If, if, uh, okay, but I'll give you an example. Who, who's guarding? Like, who, like think about the Western conference. Who's guarding Anthony Davis right now? That, okay. I mean, that matters too. Like LeBron teams have now geared themselves to guard LeBron. Right. But no one has, re- no one is, has got a guy to match up with Davis in the same way. Okay. So here's where I'll disagree with you then. So let's say we get to the Western conference. They get to the finals and they play the Bucks. I'm going to put Giannis on him, and I'll take my chances all day with that. Giannis is big. Giannis is long. Giannis can stay with him. There's no question about that. He's a great defensive player, and he's and he's long as hell. Can Anthony Davis yeah, that's match dangerous. up with him for seven games? You know what you I gotta mean. Have, like, you got to have Giannis on LeBron, though. You can't. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you do. If depending on all right, depending on I guess how the Lakers want to play it though, too. Because look, LeBron has shown this year that like I he just decided he wanted to lead the league in assists, and he can right. Like you know, he just decided way, I want to lead the league in assists. Either way, the, the thing about the Bucks matchup is that doesn't really matter because you're going to pick and roll all day with with LeBron and. And Davis, it doesn't really matter who Giannis guards; it matters who the other guy is, because they're gonna just they're gonna just pick and roll that to death and get the get the matchup they want. You know? Yeah, like, but I'm talking about like those like I under, I understand that in some to some level, but I also think that they're gonna make it a point, especially in crunch time, to like make sure if Anthony Davis is, is playing well, like in crunch time, let's make sure we can get Giannis on him. And if that means not switching, if that means whatever it means. No, again, that's dangerous because again, with LeBron, yeah, you, you can't never do that. Know. You can't not switch with LeBron. Good luck. <laughs> really? But I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't think I just, I'm like, I'm, I think Anthony Davis is super talented, but I'm just not sold that he's like a guy that's going to go win a title and do the MVP. I've just, good. I don't, I don't I'm believe glad, it. I'm glad we disagree. Uh, that's, that'll be a good one to see. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Will there actually be a play-in round? They're, they have this kind of little tournament set up, which I think was a cool idea. And we talked about it the last time when we were on. Um, they did kind of a version of that. You were a little bit out. You were kind of out on it. Uh, well, and they didn't They didn't do it the full thing like we had talked about. They kind of did a, a maybe a maybe play-in. Well, okay. So they, they said you have to be within four games to have a play-in. Right. I think right. that's the rule, yeah. right? So yeah. I put it this way. I don't think the East is going to have a play in. I can't see the Wizards. The Wizards are five and a half games back, right? Yeah. So they're going to have to win a substantial amount of these eight games. They got to go like six and two, I think. And Orlando's got to, Orlando and Brooklyn both kind of have to, you know, shit the bed a little bit. Definitely. So maybe the East, I, I would bet that the East does not have a play in. The West, I think you will get one. I don't know how many teams will be involved in it. I don't. I don't think the Spurs are going to do anything now because now Aldridge is out. Definitely so, not. They're, I, I'd say they're out, right? I Unless think they're, they're out. I think, weird, the, I, think the, um, I think the Suns are not going to be a factor either. Um, are the Sacramento Kings going to this? I don't even remember. Are they? I think they are. Right? Hold on. One, yeah, two, they are. Three, four, five, six. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're gone. Yeah. That's right. Okay, yeah. So maybe ah, they're talented, but I don't know. Like, I think the, the West will get Memphis – Maybe Portland, New Orleans. I don't know about Sacramento, man. Like they're again, they're young, they're talented, but it's gonna look. I like that. It seems like they're gonna match all these teams up together, kind of for the, those mm-hmm. eight games to like you know, like all right, you're gonna play against the teams that are near let's you. Let's so try to get to. Let's try to get to the playoff mm-hmm. playing tournament. So uh, yeah, I think the West you'll see one. I just don't know how many teams will be involved, but the East. I, 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 I think. I think are so. you excited about it then? Yeah, I think I think it'll be cool actually. Then then I'm actually thinking it'll work well. I think. Okay, good. Because I, I I'm in on it. I think it's a great idea, and 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 will could serve as a te- like it's just like a test balloon. Like the All Star game was this year. Like they found something that worked 
they can tweak it now going forward. Okay, there, but- there's going to be stuff about it that works and stuff that doesn't work. So, you know, keep the stuff that works, get, you know, d- ditch the rest of it. The idea is to like get, a, to get away from, from teams tank, tanking or sitting players at the end of the regular season. Like we didn't, we didn't have that problem this year, but it's one, one of the things that drives me crazy is when teams who are close, but not going to be able to make it or see their season, uh, slip out of reach and then shut shut guys down. They're just okay, so I'm going to disagree with you on that, though. Um, so you're talking about a team that's like the nine seed. Let's say like the Wizards, right? Like the nine seed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they and they're five and a half games out. And let's say the season was going on as normal right now. And then at some point they just go, "All right, we're not going to make the playoffs, right?" So like, what are we doing yep. here? Okay, so, deal done. So here's where I here's where I disagree with you. If we didn't have a lottery, I would completely understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the Wizards. Do I really want to go get swept by the Bucks, or will I take my chances in the lottery and I can end up getting the number one pick? Because we've seen the lottery and how it goes sometimes. It's harder now, though, right? It's really not though. Look at last year; we saw how many teams yeah. jump up. In fact, they, they made it harder for the worst teams to get the number one pick. I have a, I am a big lottery hater. I think the lottery is one of the worst things that happens to the NBA. I think it's literally one of the reasons why we have less teams winning titles over the last thirty years in the NBA than in any other pro sport is because of the lottery. Because- I agree, and here's the here's the thing where where I am totally out. I love the draft, but I also understand how random it is. I mean, Giannis wasn't a, a top pick. Mm-hmm. It, it can there have been in the last? I think I heard this stat on one of the redraft redraftables in the last like 35 years of the NBA draft. There have been like three drafts where the top three guys and or the guys in the lottery end up making first team all NBAs. So it's just, it's just hugely unlikely that you're even going to find one of these guys, even at the top of the draft. So it's not, it's not worth while it's valuable to have those top, top picks. I agree. If your chances are, so slim to get one of them. I actually do think it really matters to build culture. And with a team like the Wizards, where you're getting John Wall back and you've got Bertans and Bradley Beals on the way up still, I think that it matters if, if you had a shot, a real shot. I don't, you could argue this year whether they even have a real shot of getting in there. But if you had a real shot, that, that chase and the culture that you're building and the, the, within the players like we're going to be a playoff team we should be a playoff team we're about winning i think that matters too because there's other ways to build teams besides just through the draft okay and here's where i disagree with you so in a year like this year i can understand a little bit because there's no clear-cut franchise changing number one guy right yes exactly i'll give you a perfect perfect who do we even want this year i'll give you a perfect example what i'm talking about though okay 2012 the charlotte bobcats were the worst team in the league right they were atrocious they, I don't even remember how many games they won. They won like twelve games or something. They were terrible. They were terrible. terrible. Yeah, they're absolutely terrible. Well, they didn't win the lottery. They so they didn't get Anthony Davis, who we all can agree is a franchise-changing type talent. And now, granted, they picked the wrong guy at number two, but they they took Michael Kidd Gilchrist over a guy like Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard. Fine, that's all in retrospect. But we can all agree going into that draft, most people were like Anthony Davis is a franchise-changing talent. Right. And when you have that taken away from you because the lottery, and then you're set back now. And then you draft Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and that doesn't work out. And then you're back in the lottery again next year, and you don't win the lottery again, or you don't get the higher pick that you're supposed to get, and you and you miss again. And then it starts setting teams back. Well, I think in football you'll see sometimes like 
perfect example is the Colts. They lose Peyton Manning for the year. They are terrible because they have a terrible quarterback, which so happens Andrew Luck's coming out that year, and they end up with the number one pick, and they're like back in the playoff chase right of the next season. You can turn so quickly. Where in basketball, I feel like with the lottery, you're setting these teams up to fail over and over again because you're not guaranteeing – yeah, not every year you're going to get that guy that changes your franchise, but if you hit on the year where the guy does – like. We all can agree that it would have made a major difference for the Knicks this year if they would have hit the lottery and got Zion Williamson. I think it would have made a major difference for them. Of course. But I think – but they also could could be a major difference if they had worked on a culture of winning for the last 20 years. Like they have a horrible culture. No no free agents want to go there. But if you can't – But if you can't attract free agents, how are you supposed to build, right? You're supposed to build the the draft. But the Knicks can't – the Knicks can. And I think even then, look at the – the team we're talking about, Anthony Davis. I mean, is he even? He's not on the team that he. No, and that's my other problem. That, that, that's my other problem die. with the NBA. That's why I, I joked this past year when Zion got taken by New Orleans. I said, "Cool, what team's he going to play for in six years?" Right. Because he's not going to be there. Because that's the other problem with the small market teams. They draft these guys. They are there. They become superstars, and then they go. Eh, I want to go play in New York. I want to go play in LA. I want to go play in Chicago. I want to go play somewhere bigger. So that's the other problem with the NBA is is the way the markets have kind of dictated how this goes now too. So these teams are kind of screwed unless your team like like if Giannis wins the title with the Bucks, then it makes it easier to keep Giannis there. But if right. Giannis goes years without winning the title and he gets contract comes up, he might look around and go, "All right, I'm not winning here. I got to go somewhere else." You almost if you get that player as a small market team, you have to win a title to keep them. I feel like, or you got to be really close to winning a title to keep them. If you're not, they're gone. I just this is my whole problem again with a lot. You can't expect bad teams know. to get better if they don't get that opportunity. I, to I get just those think guys. I just think you the bad. There's not a big enough difference if you're the the nine the nine or the eight. Like getting in the lottery doesn't matter as much as getting in the playoffs. I think that playoff experience matters because oh, most of the time those eight seeds are young are young teams. Uh, I just see that. I, oh, I disagree with so much on think that. Think about the think about the Bucks like how how they built, or even the Raptors last year, right? They built a culture of winning and then they went for it, got Kawhi. Now they, now they lost him, but they still have clearly have a solid culture around. And none of those guys are high draft picks. They just have, have used smarts and, uh, you know, good trades and to, to build it that way. And, and, I know, they've won, and they've won the whole time, right? They, when was the last time the Raptors were bad? And no, they, I, they, I, I agree with you. There's, and that comes back to sometimes management and hiring the right people. Fine. But, my thing really is though, like I'm a Magic fan, right? Do I yeah. think do I think it matters at all that we're going to be the eight seed and get the shit kicked out of us by the Bucks in the first <laughs> round? No, because that to me is not a, building a culture of winning. That's going to be a sacrificial lamb to get your ass kicked for four games that you don't even deserve to be there. I've been a firm believer in this too. That this is a crazy theory, and I don't care if you are not over 500, you shouldn't even be in the playoffs. So <laughs> if the if the East has six teams that are 500 or better, guess what? The Bucks yeah. and Raptors get a buy because. What is the point of playing the Nets of the Magic against them? They're just going to get annihilated. They're not going to yeah. put up a fight. It's not going to matter. So yeah. that's just my rant on the NBA, I guess. Yeah, might be this year. We'll see. we'll see. So that's my next next question. You got we've got eight eight uh, regular season games. Did they influence the NBA award race in any way for you? Mm. So would, would, you would you be willing to account for those you, in a more significant way? Like uh, LeBron could. You have to play yeah. so so great that I would be like, all right, that changes the whole conversation, or at least puts you in the conversation. I don't know, like, I, I, I don't think these eight games outside of the bottom half of the playoffs are going to matter all that much because yeah, these teams are grouped together to some degree. But look, look, look at the if you look at the East, 
Raptors are six and a half games back of Milwaukee. They obviously ain't catching Milwaukee. Boston is three games back of Toronto. So they're going to have to play pretty well. And Toronto's going to have to slip a little bit for them to even get to the second seed. And then you got two and a half more games to Miami. And then you got two games to Indiana. They're dead. So, all right, for Indiana, Philly, they're, they're tied. They're same record. So maybe for them, it's going to matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Some of those teams, those middle teams that are kind of grouped together, I think it'll matter. I don't think it's going to matter at the top at all, really. Because, I mean, the Clippers are five and a half back of the, of the Lakers. The Lakers would have to be really bad, and the Clippers would have to win every game, basically. You know, so, like, I think it's – you'll get that in that three to six grouping. It'll help a little bit um, as far as seeding goes. And then for awards, like I said, you have to play – like, I think we all can agree that there's a couple guys at the top of the MVP conversation, and I can't see anybody else, like – peaking you know getting into that conversation unless they like all right let's say for just for hypothetical sake the raptors came out played won all eight games siakam was just dominant and Giannis didn't play well and the bucks lost the number one seed then you could start saying all right maybe that conversation has changed maybe Giannis isn't the shoe in for the mvp you know like hmm. but i don't think it's going to make that much of a difference in the awards race i really don't Okay, how will the neutral site impact the length of series? So we talked about kind of the eighth seeds maybe being sacrificial lambs. What about what about other seeds? Do you think you know? Because usually it's a huge advantage, right, to have home court advantage. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's going to matter. I think for the top teams, I think um, when you're talking about like the Eastern Conference Finals and you don't have a home more court, seven, seven game series. Maybe not. I mean, I think it's just gonna it's gonna lengthen things in general. I don't think it's gonna matter for like the Nets and the Magic because I think the gap in talent is so big between them and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Like I just, especially Nets Nets minus Kyrie and Durant, right? Magic who are just I don't even know what we are anymore. We're just we're a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, or like even even the Grizzlies, as young and as talented as they are, I, the only team I think at the back end of the playoffs who this, if we're talking like the seven eight seeds, right. Dal- Dallas is interesting. Yeah. Dallas is the one team where I go, this could help them. Yeah. This could help them, I feel like. Because Luka, if he comes back and plays well, and Chris Apps is playing well, they're the one team where I go, they got enough talent with those guys, those two guys at the top especially. Where like They were up there earlier in the year before injuries derailed, you know, knocked them down a little bit. And they're only – look, they're only a game and a half back at Houston. So actually, they're only, they're only a game and a half back at Houston and Oklahoma City. So they could feasibly jump to the five spot. They could actually jump to the four because they're only two and a half back of Utah. So wow. like and Utah's got missing missing one of their key players too. Yeah, I so yeah, I mean like that the neutral thing is going to be different. It's gonna it's look, if you're a top team that you rely on the home court advantage, I mean like that's gone. Like I know the Warriors aren't in it this year, but like they usually have a raucous crowd, so like that would usually make a difference for them. You know, some of these crowds are you could the difference in some crowds is is you could notice it. Like it's big. Home court does mean something for some teams. Um, you said but, something about the Clippers earlier. You, that's your pick. I think that is a huge win for them because I think that LA LA conference finals potential with even the quote unquote home games being filled with Lakers fans would be a bit demoralizing. And I think that on a neutral site, they avoid that situation. Well, all right. So hold on, let me ask you, in a normal setting though, if, if the Clippers and Lakers are playing in the Western conference finals, I think Whoever's technically the home team, their season ticket holders get priority of, of those games, I believe, right? So it would, sure. sens- it would essentially be like if it's a Lakers home game, it's more Lakers fans. If it's a Clippers home game, it's more Clippers fans. But I do think well, theoretically, more- but the, it seems like it ends up being where the, yeah. the, the Clippers fans sell those tickets because they can get so much. For yeah, that's true too. Yeah, they so started, they aren't quite the same level of fandom at this, at, you know, just yet because they ha- still have some of that that stink, that Clippers stink on them. <laughs> the old Clippers stink. 
yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you guys. I think for a team like them, this could this could actually benefit them a lot. Okay, what about the referees? Do you think we'll see a difference? I mean, you know, it's kind of the same situation where they won't have fans to deal with. Uh, they'll, hear, they'll hear the coaches a lot clear. Do you think it'll affect how, yeah, the players a lot clear too? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, look, my thing with referees. I think refereeing and pro sports in general. I think it's an insanely tough job. Uh, I also don't think that I. One thing I always thought in pro sports, we don't hold refs accountable enough. Like where I feel like sometimes you see refs over the course of years, like that guy, you, you see that one ref and you're like, oh, that guy makes terrible calls or he's not a good ref or whatever. And you just see him year after year and you're like, do these guys ever like lose a job? Do these guys ever get demoted? Do these guys ever get reprimanded? Like, I don't know. I've had a big problem with refereeing, but I don't think it's going to change that much in this setting because like, yeah, you're not going to have fans on night. but guess what? No fan ever yelling at a referee ever changed a ref's call. No player yelling at a ref. Like I always love like when people like, you know, players will yell at a ref and it's like, dude, he's not going to change the call now because you yelled at him like he made the call he's going to stick by his call he's not going to you're not going to convince him otherwise so i don't think refereeing is going to change at all i think you know i think it's going to be the same it's going to be wow. some good calls some bad calls and that's going to be it you know hmm. um what aspects of the television product will twitter complain about the most <laughs> Uh, we're on the record saying I hate Twitter. I think it's the worst thing that ever happened to our society. Um, I really think it's it's it awful. Hyped up though, I think I, it works I hate in the it. NBA sometimes. I, hate I, will, it. I have to admit, I will get on NBA Twitter sometimes when I'm watching because well, I'll just watch a game. I'm I'm not flipping around a lot to mm-hmm. games, but I'll have that up sometimes while I'm watching my Bulls or whoever I choose to watch, and then kind of be scanning in case there's something like, oh my God, Curry's going crazy, or you know, just for for that type of stuff. I get I get excited about like oh I gotta switch and watch that. Uh, again, I'm gonna hold by. I still hate Twitter. I think it's the worst thing ever happened in our society. Um, I don't know. I mean, like it's gonna be different. No, not right? on Twitter. No, they're, they're, no, definitely not. Um, they're gonna look. They're gonna have to try different things broadcast wise, right? Yeah. And some of it's gonna work, and some of it ain't gonna work. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. Cardboard cutouts. They're whining about. Oh, them. that's a terrible idea. I, I've heard that from different sports. That's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. I'd rather have this. Like, they did it in a league over in in the in where was that? They did in Germany or somewhere. Something Cardboard like that. Out. Yeah. No. To me, just I'd rather have twenty people making noise than have nobody. I'd rather have you know like I don't as long as there's well, you some can, kind you of mic them up too. I mean that would I mean if they're willing to, especially the players would be like not just to watch their reactions, but they've got that that microphone. The players will get themselves in trouble if they mic them up. Well, I, but they do it in the games anyways. I mean, they would know they would know about yeah, it. Yeah, like, but I, I don't know, man. Where you could just cut, you know, they could even wear put an earpiece in where you, they let them know like they're cutting to them just for just for some, even if it's a little bit faked or perform perform. Yeah, see, I don't, like, yeah. I don't like, I don't like perform. If you if you want to give me mics on players, then I want to hear what the real things they're saying. I don't want to hear the PG version of what they're saying because they know they're on like, mic. Like, when they go no. to the huddles on TV. No, like I hate when they're all the wired from ESPN where it's like the coach talking yeah. in the huddle and it's like, all right, guys, get back on defense faster. It's like, all right, dude. Like, let me hear what they're really saying. I want to hear Steve Kerr blow up on his team because I know he blows up sometimes. You oh, know what I mean? That's what I want to see as a sports fan, but I know I'm not going to get that because that's just the way you know the culture is. We're not going to give you the, the raw, uncut. Yeah, so, I heard a little uh, bit of it in the last dance, right? That's what I love about it. it was, I love some of that aspect of it, getting that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, look. Mike's some players I've heard that floated around 
but I just think someone's going to end up getting themselves in trouble probably. So I don't know if it's the best idea or not. Makes sense. All right. Uh, how many owners are going to be in the, in the bubble? And uh, are we going to see a, an MJ uh, appearance? Uh, no, nah, I don't think MJ goes. Um, a, he's, because, on the, he's on the golf course. A, yeah, I think because the Hornets aren't going to be there. And B, because, uh, you know, he wants to golf and enjoy life. MJ is a weird one, man. Like, I don't he's really. Well, the re- I think the reason I put that in there and thought about it is that he's been uncharacteristically, especially how they portrayed him in the last dance. He's been much more involved with the social issues that have come up. So he could be raise his profile. Oh, okay. Maybe. Okay. From that aspect. That yeah. way, like he could be the almost, uh, representation of the owners. Right. In, in, in Maybe from that aspect. I didn't think of that aspect. You might be right on that. Um, yeah. I, think I also know, cool I also know that leadership role. I also know this is also prime golf season for MJ though, too. So, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. I mean, Maybe, maybe he shows up, uh, but again, like that's the other thing too. Like this is not like a, they don't, I don't think they want people just coming for like a day or for a week. You know, I think it's like, if you're going to be there, you're going to be there until it's over until your team's eliminated. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's the whole point of, I guess the, the bubble idea of it. So I don't know if they're going to want anybody who's not, whose team is not involved to be there. Right. You know, I, again, yeah. it, who knows, right? Like you never know. Kyrie, so. That's what that's. Kyrie's whole thing, like he's saying, he's you know doesn't want people to go, but he's not going already. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, look, let me tell you something. I'm done with that guy on every level. Yeah, I like him as a he's a super talented player, like super talented. When he plays, he's phenomenal. But he plays like 20 games a year at this point now. He's always hurt at the wrong time. He thinks the earth is flat. I'm I'm done with him. <laughs> he's always causing problems. Just, just I go. love. To, I'm the opposite because I love I love talking about him. So I think he should just keep going. Like li- live your life, Kyrie. This is this is this is your chance. Like he can say whatever he wants, and in five years, no one's gonna listen to him because he'll be out of the league and it won't matter. <laughs> so live your best life now. Get it out. Get it out there if you want to. And oh I, man, I, great! It's great for content, and we're finding maybe, maybe we're a lot of differences now. At least, uh, at least in the, on this one, you know, it's not the flat Earth one. At least, maybe, yeah, at least, maybe, at least it makes more sense what he's talking about. Yeah, he's thinking something positive, so yeah. I'm even more on board with that. Yeah. All right, all right, you ready for the the draft lottery? Here we we'll probably go through the. We'll just go through the top five again. I did a random order, so I'm gonna hit you with the uh, the draft order, and then I will uh, get we'll get your pick and and maybe some reactions. So what order did you end up with? All right, so with the first pick in the the 2020 NBA draft, the Atlanta Hawks are on the board. If it was Atlanta, I would definitely take Anthony Edwards for a couple of reasons. Um, their 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 biggest weakness is at wing still. Even though I, they did just draft two last year, I think that like obviously you can always have more talent. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't he doesn't play point guard, power forward, or center, which I feel like they're kind of they have guys there already, so that's great. He's from Georgia. He went to Georgia. Oh yeah, that's like, true. I didn't yeah, like that. if he if they end up with the number one pick, he's a no brainer to me. No brainer. You think he can play alongside uh, Trey Young? Trey Young. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. He likes to dribble though, right? He likes to dribble, but he's not a, he's not like a James Harden like dribble. Like James Harden is a point guard really, but he's like six, right. five, you know what I mean? Okay. Like we're like, so James Harden is like Anthony Edwards to me is a, is a two guard. He's a run and jump two guard. He can't really shoot right now, but he can get up. He can get up and down the floor. He, I think he could be a really good defender too. I think if he mm. really focused on defense, he could be a really he's good a bulldog, defender. That's for yeah, sure. he's got, he's got the tools to be a great defender. I think if Atlanta ends up number one, he's a no brainer to me. All right. With the number two pick 
in the draft. The Detroit Pistons are oh, on the God, they need that so bad. <laughs> yeah, I know we've got a couple that have moved up following your theory here. Uh, yeah, well, the lottery. You can move up easily. Yeah. Uh, the best talent available, no matter who they think it is, whether it's uh, Weissman or Toppin or Lamella Ball. Who are you I, taking? If I'm them. I'm trying to think what's on their roster. Their roster is the worst roster in the NBA right now by far. So it's not even close. Um, hold on. I would well they they have Derrick Rose again next year, so yeah. They they that poor guy's trapped there. Um, I, know, I know after he got better again. I'd go top in or Weissman probably. Uh, which one? Which one you got? Uh, I hate when uh, I go Weissman. I think his long term potential is better, and they're going to be bad for a while anyway. Yeah. Boy, Weissman and Blake Griffin. I guess, although Griffin's an underrated passer, they might they might work. That's right. He's put I mean, right back in with young DJ, though. He's. he's really, I also think that like I don't think Blake Griffin's going to be there much longer. I think they're going to really? try. I mean, his contract to trade him. His contract's terrible, but I uh, think you can trade if you throw in some something. You can always trade. Someone can take him. I think. Yeah. So I'll go Weissman too for Detroit. All right, with the number three pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Opie Toppin. All right. I think that I think he would I think he'd be awesome, especially since Towns can shoot so yeah, well. Yeah, Tim Towns and Russell Man. together, that, that guy could be a really good team actually yeah, if they I, get their shit together. I, and I, he's got a different mentality than those two too. Although maybe maybe he do we have a little Jimmy Butler situation where he's just like uh gets uh, uh, Jimmy Butler's a special, player. special cat, so I don't know <laughs> if anyone's even like him at all. Okay, yeah, fair enough. And he's young and he's younger than those guys, so a little yeah. bit different. All right, the number four pick, MJ's Charlotte Hornets. Oh, they jumped, huh? Yep, they jumped as well. Uh, boy, another team that's devoid of a lot of talent. Um, I guess I don't know. I mean, they they have a couple young guys that, that are decent. They got Bridges. They got um, what's his face? Um, who am I missing here? They got Bridges. They got Monk, who's okay. Yeah, Washington. Like, they got the- Washington was actually pretty good last year. He was better yeah. than I thought he would be last year. Um, Monk, if he is, is he back yet? He was on suspension. Who? Monk for his. Uh, uh, he got. You know, I think he's getting reinstated already, which is okay. nice. And he played okay last year, but he, I think he's like a sixth man. He was, coming, he was coming on a little bit before he got suspended. The so. thing for them is they have their their strongest is that guard. Devonte Graham came on huge last year and played great. Terry Rozier was good for them last year. Bridges is. A, I mean, they're 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 not bad. They're I don't know. Again, best available talent. I think you have to take Lamelo, but it gives him some. I think that's actually if it if he you know if the dad doesn't balk, it gives him some star power. Because if anything, that's what they're devoid of. Yeah, they don't have any star power. You're right. Name they, to get eyeballs. They need someone who's going to make people feel something about that team. So I, I yeah, think I'll say, he is talented. Like I think oh, he's one hundred percent talented, and, and and seems like a hard worker. So I don't think that. Jordan would hate having him on the team. I could go. Oh, I'd love to see that oh, that Jordan and Lavar clash, though. I think that would come at some point. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so that would be interesting. So you know what? Let Lamelo go to the show, please. <laughs> All right. And the, let's we'll stop at five. We've got, we've got Golden State here falling to the number oh, five pick. Man, there's, that, there's that lottery for you. Um. Yeah. Uh. Here's a guy I really like. Uh, and I think if he gets to work out for some teams, he's going to maybe not shoot up, but he's going to stay in that top 10. I like Tyrese Halliburton a lot. Interesting. A lot. He's, I watched, so Seton Hall played them twice this year. We had yeah. played them back-to-back games. We played them in a tournament, and then we literally played them on the road the game afterwards, and he he was a problem for us. He's he's big. He's 6'5". He can play the point guard. 
he's like almost like what Sean Livingston should have been because you know how talented Sean Livingston was coming out of high school. Got, now you got me uh, peaking my interest. I love. Well, I'm saying because he's he's a six five, six six type point guard. He handles well, but he can play the two guard. Skinny, right? He's skinny, but he can play the two guard. He can play the three a little bit in a small lineup. He can shoot a little bit. He's a great passer. Um, that sounds he, like D'Angelo Russell, Russell, though. Are they just? Are it, they does, just it does. Like, it does. It does. Look, it does a little bit, but it gives a guy like that. I didn't think Russell was a bad fit because a guy. Like, first of all, we never got to really see that team all play together with Russell. No, right? that's like, true. Yeah. So I think a guy like Halliburton is good because he could let Steph Curry play off the ball more. You know, he get him open more. You know what I mean? Like I always thought that Russell would have worked well there because you can do different things with him. And I think a guy like Halliburton is like that, like a six-five guy who can handle and pass, like. He could be a little bit of, an, of a matchup problem for for some teams, or even if you bring him off the bench or you're starting him, whatever it may be. I like him a lot, man. I think he's talented. And as I start looking down the rest of this list of guys that are available, like I think his ceiling is higher than most of these guys. Maybe Killing Hayes, Killing Hayes, but out. But he's kind of he the same. Sh- he can't shoot though. Then you got to really. I feel like with him, you got to commit to letting him handle, you know, handle the ball. And that oh, seems like on that. Yeah, because because he, he can't play off the ball. I don't feel like as much. Yeah, I mean, like it's funny, like. They're pretty much Hayes and Halliburton are pretty much the same player. It's just that Halliburton's a little bit better shooter, but that's mm-hmm. they're, they're both six five. They're both point guards technically. They both pass well, so I'd go Halliburton probably if I was the worst and if I fell a five by you know the grace of the lottery. I'm not, yeah, they, they well they've, they've got they've had enough luck over the last five years. So I think they're gonna be fine once everybody gets back next year. They're gonna be back in the playoffs. It's not gonna matter. So. Oh my gosh, for sure, for sure. If they stay healthy, they're in hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So that's probably what I'll go with. I'll go Halliburton probably. I like him a lot. Well, perfect, man. Well, I appreciate the the time today. We'll check in again during you know as we get closer, just on the the NBA thing, and maybe even uh, start up a weekly thing for the the playoffs as we get into that. But uh, we'll get back to the we'll get a time on the calendar for the nineteen ninety uh, re, redraft. We got you got to come up with a name. We got We can't use redraftables. So that's a good one. But, yeah, well, that's yeah, that's uh, taken already. I think it's probably we'll copyrighted it. already. Yeah, I'm sure we'll come up with something though. Um, but yeah, so, so I think I told you before. I started looking through it. Ninety and ninety one. I got through so far, and nineteen ninety is not an impressive draft at all. <laughs> you start finding some of these guys, you're like, man, this start, is starting with nineteen ninety. Oh man, these drafts. Some of these drafts you look at, you like, you see some of these guys they took. You're like, what were these teams thinking, man? My God, but this the draft goes, was off. This goes with this goes with my my theory though. Like everyone gets super excited about the draft, and there are just not that many that really reshape the the face of the league. It's funny though. Like just looking back at the old drafts, like if you were a first team All American back in 1990, you were going in the first round. It was pretty much a lock. Where if like you're a first team All American now, you might not even get drafted. Yeah, it's crazy how it's changed the way they evaluate players now. So it's definitely a different era for the draft now. You know, no doubt. And so but, many more, so many more foreign players too. It just changes. Well, yeah, that makes it that makes dynamic. it. Huge. I think I think the one I think it was ninety. I think the only there was like two foreign players, and one of them was like Tony Kukoc. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, so it would never happen today. But yeah, definitely want to do that. I love the draft. It's my favorite thing in the world. So, <laughs> all right, man. Well, stay safe out there, and uh, we'll, we'll check in again soon. All right, you too. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to the 19.9 podcast with HVS, the high-volume shooters. For more information, check out the blog at 19.9.com under HVS. And while you're there, do yourself a favor and pick up some retro college shorts. Till next time.